welcome to another new episode of and it's a goal today we have one of our old hosts back neil welcome back how is it going thank you thank you and it's really i'm really glad to be back and it's the first time with romit today i've been traveling a bit you know this is the holiday season and also in the community right. tech community season so what happens in this is the time where a lot of conferences get organized you both organized and speak on them as well so i've been a bit busy but yeah the monkeys of the back uh, i'm into i'm looking for the world cup uh, cricket which is going on right now so in a sports yeah. mode right now <laughs> correct and uh, yeah world cup cricket is on uh, romit welcome back to the pod thanks for joining first time with neil um, looking forward to it yeah neil you said you have been uh, involved in a lot of like tech conferences and stuff uh, i got a interesting question for you uh any connections between tech and football that kind of interest you or do you think football has embraced embraced technology in a more powerful manner and i uh, ask this question in relation to var of course what do you think of var <laughs> and is there anything that tech can do more in football honestly i don't know i mean see in cricket uh the hockey has been really controversial yeah. all the time and var yeah. i don't know exactly var what var suggest i thought it's just a replay that the same referee goes back and sees it i'm fine with it because if you're slowing down and trying letting him make a decision or revise his decision i'm okay with it but uh, even in the hockey you know there are sometimes mistake you know things like the ball bound not bouncing at all and suddenly it is yeah. missing the wicket so it is always controversial but my connection to tech is already uh, usually not in that front but a couple of interesting things because whenever you see premier league uh, the companies like uh, uh, electronic arts has fifa franchisee right and whenever there is a scoreboard you see that has uh, oracle uh, logo in that oracle cloud so both of them are my past yeah. employer <laughs> so it's kind of that's the only connection i have the tech in regards to football or sports in general <laughs> interesting yeah uh, i just want to confirm romit could you hear him properly uh yeah yeah i can i can hear you both uh, so going back to var once so the thing with there is no i don't have an issue with the technology uh it's that it's that how the referees interpret a decision is what makes the difference right in a lot of leagues have been using var properly the problem with the premier league league is that var sometimes uh, like it shows the video and there is a lack of consistency sometimes the referee goes back and uh, basically changes a key decision sometimes they don't so i think the there is no no issue with the technology per se but how it's been used and implemented i think that can be done better especially in the premier league and so one interesting thing uh, neil and romit you uh, uh, the one thing which which i like the most uh, about tech in football or soccer is that the watch that the referees now wear that indicate that the ball has crossed the line like the goal line yeah. technology of course which kind of gives a uh sort of vibration i guess on on their watch if they if the ball has crossed the line and i think that that to me is one of the biggest advancements uh that has come out from tech into the world of football 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. Like Ramit was saying, that implementation is really, really smart here because you don't have to stop the game. You can continue and you get the instant result. And the same has been really, really appreciated in cricket as well. So if you notice nowadays, yeah. the no balls are directly communicated to their watch or whatever device they have. So early yeah. days, nobody used to see the no ball until there is a ref, uh, until there is a wicket or something. And God knows how many times Sachin Tendulkar has missed hundred. Because of yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, one interesting trivia here. Uh, in so FIFA has a tie-up with the watch company Hublot. I don't know if you're pronouncing it right, but it's spelled as H-U-B-L-O-T Hublot. So they make the watches that are worn by the football referees in FIFA events. Uh, and it, and one of the I mean, one watch made by Hublot uh, costs around five thousand two hundred dollars. So it's a it's kind of a luxury uh, smartwatch, and it has got all the technology that the referees kind of use in the match matches. <laughs> I, but it gives the same time. I thought it's a watch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've seen That's whenever true. there is a substitution, you get to see those logos, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Okay. Moving on and coming to the big matches that occurred over the past week. Neil, your club did one thing amazing. They beat Manchester City. Reactions? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have dropped points on so many <laughs> games, which I would expect them not to. And the win over City was really, really great. Uh, and the goal was from Salah. So that's what you want uh, in the yeah. match. And uh, in fact, Arsenal is probably the biggest gainer in that <laughs> match yeah uh, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah i'm really really happy they did well and they'll give get some confidence and uh, i'll talk about the later match later but i'm really happy in this midweek matches as well so it's kind of back to back good news for me romit what was your take on the match uh so right now like liverpool is not playing uh, like they used to but at this moment i think the result is what matters especially against man city it's great that they finally stopped Man City's reign of terror. I mean, they were winning every match by a flurry of goals. So, it's good as a neutral. So, uh, from a neutral perspective, that they uh, could stop Man City. From Liverpool's point of view, they also won uh, midweek. Uh, I think Darwin Nunes finally got his goal midweek. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Man City uh, match was a crucial result and things are looking uh, on the up again for them. Yeah, so uh, our clubs has teams. Uh, the only team Arsenal lost to is Man U and City lost to is Liverpool. So both have broken the streaks. Glory, glory, yeah. Manchester United, GGMU. Liverpool also gave United their first win of the season. Yeah, like we were in a very bad, uh, we had a very poor start and then the third match that Liverpool win really kick-started our season. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially okay, I'll, from... Wait, I'll come to Manchester United in a while. But I have more mm-hmm. questions on the, on the Liverpool match and the Liverpool team this week. Mm-hmm. I, I have to talk about Darwin Nunes here. In the match against Man City, Liverpool could have scored more goals if he would have passed the ball around a bit better and not been a little selfish. I'm not being that much selfish and going for the shots that he was going for. He had... You know, Diogo Jota, Salah, free on the right. He didn't pass the ball. I mean, there are like memes going around uh, on that. 
Neil, being a Liverpool fan, what was your assessment of his performance? Yeah, I honestly didn't see that match properly. I was, in fact, in a call with you for some time, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I didn't focus on the gameplay per se on that match. It was probably a Sunday night or something. Yeah, so I don't have much comment, but I did see highlights against West Ham. And he was yeah. get set go like he was all over uh, the pitch when it began, and ultimately glad that it, he converted one. But what your point is correct? If he's not passing around and not playing as a team, that's not a. This is probably a local maxima. It's not a overall gain for the cl- club for a long run, especially in this season. Right, I mean, Romit, did you see the match? I, I saw the match. I, I know the chance you're talking about. The thing is, Travin Nunes is a proper number nine, you know. And uh, number nines are always a little bit selfish. Uh, obviously, he should have passed there. And I think with time, he's, uh, uh, he's basically... Uh, his, uh, like the... Uh, uh, so, he, him and Salah will link up better. So the link up play will improve. But uh, I think he made up uh, for his miss on, on the... Midweek match, he was really nice. He played a really nice game against West Ham and took his goal wonderfully. He also he's a chance magnet. It seems like he gets a lot of chances in the match, and with time, his the finishing and the goals will come. I think there was one he hit on the bar as well, right? On that West Ham. Yeah, match. yeah, 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 yeah. He looked really yeah. great on that one. Indeed, he did look better. He did look uh, much better. Like obviously, he played well in the match against City as well. But yeah, he kind of upped his game against uh, West Ham. Haaland did not score. That was something strange. Man, did, <laughs> you, see, did you see how frustrated he was in that match against uh, uh, Liverpool? Like, that was the first time I saw him so flustered that he couldn't get the ball inside the goal. Like, he was very flustered and frustrated about not scoring that day. Yeah, he needs to get used to it. I mean, I'm not saying that they will lose again. What I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is when you are on a roll, when your team is at the top, everything goes fine and he's really a champion player. But yeah. you need to show your character when things are not going around you. So, right. So, he needs to be acquainted with these kind of situations as well. That's a good learning probably. And coach or anyone, anyone senior in the team might have sat him down and probably have a word or two. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, okay, coming to the next big match that has happened this week, Manchester United versus Spurs, the midweek match, and the great result got overshadowed by one big event: Ronaldo walking off the pitch and refusing to come off as a substitute. I mean, everyone has been talking about it, and there's no way we cannot talk about it. Romit, first reactions to this. I mean, that was extremely unprofessional by Ronaldo. Actually, he also refused to come on as a substitute. Yeah, uh, yeah that's the, what I was doing. That yeah, was the point, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically what happened was, uh, I think in the 89th minute, Ten Hag uh, wanted him to come on uh, as a substitute. He refused and he just walked off, which is, you just cannot do that as a professional, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I, and uh, like as a result of that, he has, he will not feature against Chelsea, and I think he has been training with the under 21s. I think it's it, that is a very good decision by Ten Hag, and you have to make sure that no one is above the team. And uh, I support what United has done in this situation. 
uh, very unprofessional from Ronaldo. Neil, your take? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And same point. I mean, Ronaldo has been my favorite player, no matter which club he is in. But this is not acceptable, even if you are like Tendulkar of your game, right? So, uh, one thing I'm just bit. I mean, I tend to compare with cricket a lot. I mean, here hmm. the coach came up and publicly said against their own player. Yeah, it's an internal matter. It's a direct insult to the coach. But does it happen very often historically? What's your opinion? Because I think in cricket it would have been like hush hush, and you don't really deal the things uh, in a different way instead of just being super transparent to the media. So, so couple of things here. I think the matter obviously got. much more limelight because it's about cristiano ronaldo right and he has been in the news for a while now i mean not getting the starts mm-hmm. uh, because ten hag has a different philosophy and he has different plans in mind i think what the the important thing is that if you see uh, like even his uh, he put out an instagram post by the way yesterday he did not really apologize for it but he did yeah, some so. like he was trying to you know <laughs> what i felt was that <laughs> he was trying to save his own legacy here like he's saying that okay sometimes you know people make mistakes and we may not be at the behaving at the best but i i completely commit to giving my best in the future and you know etc etc which i felt was like not really an apology but was just trying to put it out there to save his legacy and i i think he could have just apologized you know like that would that would have been nice you know made him the bigger man uh, in this case that yes we make Uh, mistakes in the heat of the moment we react differently but then i'm sorry for what has uh, happened uh, he could have said that but no he was trying to be like i am ronaldo how can i say sorry you know so i felt like that uh, seeing his instagram post about this whole incident and i, I felt that that sorry yeah, yeah so just to uh, say one thing like that statement that he put out i'm not sure how much he had to do with that you know i think that's just a statement by his pr department he didn't know, say much what i what i'm saying is that uh, i know it's a statement by his pr department of course but i i so what i felt like you know even if his pr department would have put sorry or apologize somewhere in the statement yeah genuine apology he, yeah the whole point of he would have put out matlab i mean what i felt is that it could have been a melor response for him from him i mean yeah, the whole, whole point of pr department is to manage this kind of communication the whole point they were employed because cristiano ronaldo is not going to write himself on a twitter account or something yeah i mean it's a generic statement you know there's like if the, there would have been some uh, proper apology like uh, rudranil was mentioning i think that would have gone better with the fans but now like the the fan base is basically there are two divisions like one division completely uh, is completely with ronaldo on this and he's and they are saying that what ten hag did was disrespectful to ronaldo and the other uh, part is uh, backing ten hag on this and i'm i'm certainly with uh, with the other part which backs ten hag so yeah uh, no yeah do? i i also believe that if you are if you are a true manchester united fan you got to back ten hag in this case because he he is delivering the results like let's be real like he has been winning important matches for us so let's give him you know uh, how he wants to do uh, things uh, his own way also one important thing is that ronaldo is 38 now like he should realize that with age people slow down it's it's okay like he has his greatness 
nobody kind of uh, questions the legacy he has and he, obviously he is a great achiever in the world of football but people age and people slow down and and someone new might be coming up it's better to give them the chances and deliver let them deliver for the team like i think sometimes you got to realize those things which ronaldo is not realizing like maybe it's time for him to go play a different lower level european league or somewhere like mls maybe i, I don't know i mean i hate to say this because i'm a ronaldo fan uh, myself but i think that that should dawn on him that people age people slow down people i mean uh, the coach might be picking someone who is a lot, lot more faster than him right yeah i yeah. think one of his concern is probably and every great player has this concern right my last image should not be substituting at 89 minute and all all these things but that's not true people remember true football followers will remember when they were in the peak in fact the peak lasted for quite a long it's hard to really forget those things uh Correct. just to yeah so the thing with ronaldo is he makes i believe that whenever ronaldo is not in the team united play much better uh you have a feeling that whenever ronaldo is in the team everyone is trying to pass to him you know uh, everyone wants him to score when he's not uh involved with the team like there is there is just more harmony in the team you know the passing is more crisp uh when rashford plays in front the the runs uh, behind the defense are better so I think Ronaldo needs to leave in the Jan- leave in January, and he needs to find a team that suits his style better, or like you said, find a find a different league, or maybe maybe it's time to move to MLS or back to Portugal, you know, because at the very elite level, I think Ronaldo might not cut it anymore. Yeah, I agree. But on the match, I mean, on the performance in the match, Manchester United was brilliant. I mean, I feel. everyone kind of stepped up their game uh casemiro was brilliant uh, bruno stepped up fred had a great game uh, yeah. i was very pleased to see how united performed against spurs i think it was one of their best performances of the season if not the best yeah i was uh, i managed to caught up the highlights uh, some time back and i saw the fred goal was really amazing it was deflected i think it went in Yeah, so it was uh, and I I think Hugo Lloris was he didn't even move because he was not expecting there at all. But uh, to to be honest, uh, one of, one of the player that was star of that match uh, ended up ended up in a losing cause as Hugo Lloris. I think Fred would have uh, sorry Rashford would have gold two more if he wouldn't oh, have man. saved, and he was amazing in the goalpost. Everyone yeah. was criticizing Rashford for missing that. You know, he should have gone for the. corners or the or place a little on the side but he hit directly at uh, loris and should have been a goal that yeah rashford should have had a hat trick actually uh, i i think the best part about the match was hugo loris was probably the man of the match he saved countless amount of chances and uh, united had uh, had had like an extremely high number of chances on goal uh, mm. i think after the first 30 minutes they had 15 shots uh compared to i think tottenham's one tottenham uh, by the way we must also mention how bad tottenham were like they just sat off and uh, let united play their own game uh, harry kane mm-hmm. and uh, humingson were very isolated at the top and they uh, cut out frustrated figures um, not sure antonio's con- antonio conte's plan worked against uh, united at all he after the match he said that we cannot compete with the best of the teams in the league uh, not sure 
I can agree with that. You know, uh, Tottenham have good players. The style of play, I think, needs to be uh, better. Um, they gave United the full uh, full freedom to play their own game, and so they did. Yeah, I heard it was kind of a record number of uh, attacks an opponent did to Hotspurs in last three hundred yeah. matches or not. And yeah. yeah. I think uh, goal picking, goalkeeping was amazing. Unfortunately, they ended up in losing side. I think speaking of goal picking, uh, goalkeeping in the Liverpool match also. I think Allison saved one penalty that was also good. You don't, you generally don't see yeah. <laughs> on-field penalties being uh, saved. Yeah, I, I honestly feel uh, I yeah, honestly the... feel Allison is like the best goalie in the. EPL this season. I, I was going to echo that statement. Allison has been one of the best goalkeepers in the world for the last few seasons, and yeah, it, yeah he's just a very dependable and uh, dependable player. Uh, speak about goalkeepers. Have you guys seen uh, Kepa's uh, return to form? He has been like really. He has been uh, saving Chelsea uh, quite a lot in the last few weeks. He has been playing well. Yeah, I did not see the matches, but I've been reading it on the net that he has been brilliant. Like, I saw the highlights. Yeah, he has been good. Indeed. Hey, what happened to Mendy? He, wasn't he the star of last season? He was He was really good. I think at the in the beginning of the season, he was making a few mistakes, uh, which cost Chelsea a few goals. And I think now Potter is trusting Kepa with his uh, number one spot. So, uh, mm-hmm. will be interesting to see... Who gets the Chelsea number one spot uh, as the season progresses? Mendy is also Senegal's uh, goalkeeper, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah he's that probably in the national team. Yeah. Right. By the way, talking of uh, the World Cup, Diego Jota is gonna miss the World Cup after the injury he sustained in the City match. That's gonna be a big blow for Portugal. I think uh, in uh, he put out a tweet saying it's a race against time to come back. So I think he's uh, he's hoping a bit that he might make it, but. Looks like he won't make it. Also, uh, Reese James. Also, Reese James. Yes, I was going to yes. say that. Reese James is going to be a big blow for England as two, well. Two big misses from the World Cup. Yeah, it's really think, hard. Yeah. yeah. That is a tricky thing, right? Like, I've been thinking, now when you know the World Cup is like less than a month away, do you commit your 100% in the tackles and everything in the EPL matches, not just EPL, any league match that you're playing and you know that you're going to represent your country in a month's time, do you go like 110% into the tackle or do you kind of say that, hey, let me take it easy for these four weeks? I mean, in my opinion, I haven't played professional football, but once in the ground and they're equally loyal to their clubs. And I would not imagine somebody is actually thinking about that thing in the yeah. mind on the field. I'm saying off the field, maybe they have some plans. Hey, I'll not, I'll play a bit safe and at least from the injury perspective, but once you are in the ground at 90 minute whistle time, you are probably not playing. I, I feel bad for the manager who is waiting for them back in their country. He's probably mm. not coaching in their own club, but he's presenting the national team and his responsibility to make a team and bring the cup. He's probably putting his hand on heart and watching, hey, this guy is going to come home or not. Uh, yeah, and I think the squads haven't been announced for the World Cup yet, right? So, players are still looking to impress the, the national team managers and maybe make the final squad. So, yeah, I mean, there's all to play. Uh, but you obviously know some of the players are going to make the squad. squad because, yeah. I mean, they are the, one of the 
pillars. Yeah. 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 Also, another event that happened this week was the Ballon d'Or. And Karim yeah. Benzema finally got his moment. Well deserved. That, very well deserved. Uh, oh man, that, that image was so inspiring. That image getting circulated in the internet. The in the front you have uh, what is that Colombian guy and oh uh, James Rodriguez, Rodriguez uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. They are taking a photograph and he's Ramos. so yeah, yes yeah. Ramos uh, Sergio Ramos. And he's so selflessly just clapping, standing few feet behind. behind and right, that is so inspiring that. that when you are playing in a team, you you never should be envy of uh, other success because it's your team and you'll ultimately get your reward. And he was equally good player back then and he's equally good player back now. He's just getting his recognition late. And this is so inspiring for somebody who want to be a team player. That is very true. I mean, I think one other thing is that I was also happy to see Sadio Mane get the number two ranking in the you know the final Ballon d'Or list. Uh, Sadio Mane finished at number two, so I was happy to see that as well. Yeah, yeah. A couple of not so good uh, news. I think Klopp uh, got red card. Uh, yeah. In that match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's still a bit funny, but I think uh, one of the not so good thing that happened was, uh, I think it was uh, City versus an uh, Anfield match. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, City fans started chanting about that uh, football stadium accident, right? Which happened in '89 in Anfield. Uh, I think what is it called? Hillsborough. Hills- yeah, Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. yeah. So. Can you uh, can you tell us about this uh, historic incident? Like, yeah, I think it was. It. I, I I read about it. So okay. I think it was 1989, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it was between obviously uh, home team Liverpool and Nottingham Forest, and I think one of the standing racks. It was overcrowded basically, and police uh, in charge decided to open one of the gates. A lot of people just went came in, and I think right before the start of the match or. Uh, right after the start of the match, the concrete uh, slabs collapsed and there were uh, 94 ca- fatal incidents. Oh. I think, uh, and few probably passed away after, uh, in the, after some time in the hospital. And there was right. one person who lived all the way till 2021, uh, mm. after so many years. He had a brain injury during that and he passed away. And last year itself, uh, that's uh, again uh, was a reminder how bad the incidents was. So I think Pep Guardiola, when he was asked that, uh, he apologized unconditionally. But he said, I didn't hear it, but he did apologize. And if that happened, even I would not really appreciate it. And yeah. he also said he was thrown some coins from the Liverpool fans. So there were some arop pratyarop going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, these are like, these shouldn't happen in in today's age. I mean, uh, these are like tragic events. People have like bad memories associated with it, and yeah, this shouldn't be happening today. Yeah, that's yeah. That's unfortunately, football. yeah, foot, football hooliganism is still a thing in uh, in English football, and uh, yeah, these unfortunate chants you can hear them from time to time, and it's very unfortunate. Honestly, that's why I like football. 
Sorry, go on. Uh, I like Manchester United fan when they start losing, they leave the field very early. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Even when they are winning, I see them leaving, uh, leaving. You know, at at, at the eighty seventh minute, and I think. Well, uh, that like, was the end of the end. Even I would leave because I need to get to the parking and all this before anybody leaves. Uh, so all the live matches that I've seen in uh, cricket mm. stadiums, mm. I never waited for the presentation ceremony because you want to get out of there first, especially if you're in India. But then, uh, Neil, you remember that Eden Gardens of 1996, right? When people started throwing stuff on the ground, that is also not right. Uh, in yeah. the India Sri Lanka World Cup uh, semi-final. Right. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, very, very bad memories of that. And I was a diehard fan of cricket back then. I mean, yeah. Right now yeah. I support Same like here. Yeah. every country. I mean, except India-Pakistan match, I'm pretty much neutralish. Don't kill me for that. <laughs> In cricket <laughs> matches, uh, but uh, that time I was hardcore uh, BCCI fan. I would rather say not to say the name of the country. Uh, so yeah, that happened, and uh, Eden Garden got. some penalty after that so for a long time it didn't get matches and same happened right. in uh, barabati stadium uh, in katak i was talking about that stadium right i grew up right next to that Correct. stadium uh, and it, they i don't know by that time a lot of rules changed after that event i think they were not allowed to take uh, bottles or anything inside the stadium and but barabati stadium they found some innovative way to even throw those uh, Six and fours paper plane, or I don't know what exactly was the problem, but yeah, they got also a lot of penalty, and I we barely see any matches over there. But I think uh, there are few grounds in India who are getting a lot of matches, uh, including the stadium in Gujarat, which is new. It could be because of COVID protocols to manage everything in a cluster, not to spread around the country. Mm. But mm. yeah, those are not so cricket that happened. but uh, one important uh, you know thing you touched upon romit that you know the football hooliganism honestly it's not just english football everywhere around the world even when i used to go for the east bengal versus mohan bagan matches in india in calcutta that rivalry was also like very fiery if i can use that word and there always used to be a lot of fights inside the stadium outside the stadium mm-hmm. as well it got heated up quite quickly quickly if the result was not going in certain clubs way so i think it it has been there in sort of the football culture across countries yeah makes sense i guess since english football is so so big and uh, watched around the world they, these incidents just stand out more yeah speaking of the east bengal and the mohan bagan i think right after the last episode uh, isl started And yeah. Mohan Bagan won five two against Kerala. Even East Bengal got their first win against uh, yeah. Northeast Three United. One. And right. Kerala, Bengal, and Northeast, uh, of course, Goa also. They are historically known as the football uh, hub Strong of houses. India. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a good mm-hmm. win and good to start with that. But Neil, your city Hyderabad won the last ISL, right? Oh yeah, I, mean, I, I would ISL take the credit. Yeah, I would take the credit, <laughs> but when you said yeah. your city, I was about to, I was expecting Odisha, <laughs> but because I grew up there and they have a match. Your tomorrow. okay, your your second home, your current second home, home yeah. And historically, Odisha is known for hockey. They have produced yeah. a lot of hockey players who represented national arena. In fact, Odisha government is the official sponsor for the national 
hockey team they have dedicated their stadium in bhuneshwar for hockey as well they're doing really right. great job but kalinga uh, stadium right kalinga stadium right unfortunately yes. the cricket stadium is in katak which is his, right. which, which is a historical place i was talking about right it's uh, actually a barabati fort so the stadium is an extension of the fort and that city uh, or town katak doesn't have a five star hotel so the players has to communicate uh, commute from bhuneshwar to katak on the practice and the match day is kind of something which cannot be solved uh and yeah orissa has uh, isl match tomorrow with kerala so hoping for the best and yeah let's see how defending champion hyderabad plays again hyderabad has been a cricket hub as well so yeah. getting some recognition in football is always good uh, so hoping for the best okay going back to balon d'or for a bit there was this recent uh, there was a statement by thiba kurtio after the awards that goalkeepers never win the ballon d'or you know they are never voted favorably in this uh, uh, segment of the award there's obviously a separate goalkeeper award there uh, the lev yashin award which he won but he said that for the ballon d'or which is like the biggest award no matter how great a season you have he said that his saves kept real madrid alive they that gave him that gave them the trophy made them win the uh, you know the champions league but then he finished at seventh ranking what do you think of that i, I mean why hasn't any goalkeeper won the ballon d'or yet <laughs> they should give alisson next year man because he as per the corporate terminology they call it exceeding the expectation and scored last time as well <laughs> but yeah uh, what do you think uh romit so i mean the laviashin trophy uh, exists exactly due to the reason he said right i agree with him i see where he's coming from it's hard to quantify and compare a goalkeeper's performance against outfield players but i mean to a neutral i would say benzema's ballon d'or was pretty deserved like he was the reason uh, real madrid scored those last minute goals and scored those match winning you know uh, game turning goals so i see where it's coming from but uh, but i think this year definitely benzema deserved it more but uh, the yashin trophy uh, exists exactly due to the point he mentioned right so i don't see uh, where the issue is like the, there isn't a separate trophy sh- yeah but then they shouldn't be in the running for the ballon d'or then i mean then they should be told that hey I mean maybe but I mean you could probably say the same thing for defenders right I mean I know that uh, uh who, the Liverpool defender sorry I uh, Trent uh, not Trent uh, who 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 finished second a uh, few years back Van Dijk Van Dijk Van Dijk yeah. yeah I know he almost ended up winning but even defenders I I know like even for for defenders it's difficult to finish uh, at the very top of the Ballon d'Or rankings right so outfield and attacking players are just uh, are just more visible for those awards since they score the goals so i see where it's coming from but at least for goalkeepers there's the yashin trophy uh, for defenders it's even worse i guess what do you fabio, think rudro fabio canavaro once once won the ballon d'or right uh, i think after that world cup which italy won in 2006, 2006. but he canavaro, was a defender right Yeah. yeah, he was a defender. I think he won it. Uh, a few uh, defenders have won it. I I also I think uh, a German defender also won it. I forgot yeah, France, his name. France 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 Beckenbauer. Beckenbauer. Yeah, France so Beckenbauer a few defenders have won it, but in the modern game especially, 
uh, it's very hard for defenders to win it in front of attackers you know yeah i mean uh, did paulo maldini ever win the ballon d'or i don't think so right maldini never won it i think but Not yeah sure. uh, yeah i'll check that but yeah i don't think he won it uh, fabio canavaro definitely won it back beckenbauer won it uh but yeah i mean yeah i i i see your point and i agree that uh for defenders and goalkeepers it's hard to quantify or qualify their achievements uh, i mean like like for strikers or midfielders assists and goals can be quantified for goalkeepers and defenders it's it's difficult to kind of get those stats and constantly review those stats Yes, that's the same dilemma in cricket as well. I mean, how do you bowlers? They say that they never get man of the matches, and how do you know if it is four wickets is equal to hundred runs, like twenty five runs yeah. a wicket or not? It's always debatable. Quick question to everyone out here: The Cricket World Cup has started. Who do you think will be the four semi-finalists? Okay, I was not trying to jump to a different sports altogether, but which I've been doing <laughs> lately in last thirty minutes. Uh, wait, wait for it. So here's the thing. Um, I I mildly support England, but I also think they are at his best, especially after ah. they got uh, Alex Hales back after his uh, <laughs> whatever he did few years back. uh yeah he is in a good form unfortunately roy jason roy was dropped i think but butler as a captain and main striker they look good and i was about to say australia as well but it, the match just finished and they lost to new zealand so yeah, i would I just probably, saw that. yeah <laughs> i'll take few points from them now and looks like uh, england or australia and the big thing about india is uh, bumrah is Bumrah is immensely immensely useful uh, in the bowling lineup and they are right now banking only on Shami so they they were probably my second favorite now they look like a third favorite so um, from the winning perspective don't get me wrong i mean uh, yeah not from the support perspective yeah so let's see what happens and unfortunately west indies are not even in the league guys they lost to teams like namibia i don't see a lot of contenders either yeah uh, that's true and uh, romi do you have a take on this uh, uh, unfortunately i'm not the biggest cricket watcher but uh, i i know that netherlands has qualified uh, to the world cup this year and i i always like supporting underdogs so obviously they i'm not i'm sure they won't reach <laughs> the semi finals but did they qualify for <laughs> did they qualify for the football world cup because they yeah, are yeah, the yeah. strongest did, right? okay great because i think <laughs> netherlands chile and what was the other team uh, they were one of the strongest team who didn't make it to world cup in recent italy, times italy italy didn't italy, italy. Didn't make it yeah yeah uh, they are euro yeah. champions can you believe it yeah yeah, yeah it's a, yeah it's interesting yeah and i think i think for the cricket world cup i have been following a bit i feel uh I hope India makes it to the semi-finals, and I hope India wins it. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, England is a good team. I feel even New Zealand looks pretty solid, and I, I feel England, New Zealand, Australia, and India would be uh, my picks. Yeah, this guy from New Zealand uh, was hey, amazing if, today. What if uh, what if Netherlands ends up winning both the cricket and uh, soccer World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, has that happened? Oh, popular sports. I mean, it, it, I, I would believe if if Australia does it, somehow they're good at all the sports. So wait, uh, England actually can do it. If England wins the cricket World Cup, and imagine they win the soccer World Cup too, they, that's the only possible. Uh, yeah, it, they were close. Uh, Maybe I don't think Australia can ever win the soccer World Cup. At least not this year. They're not that quality. Yeah. I don't think England can win the World Cup this year, but like the football World Cup this year, but we'll see. So it's not coming home. It's definitely uh, not coming home. <laughs> they and have their own cr- problems right now. From a cricketing perspective, it came home in 2019. So, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, I, I whatever you think, I always like their broadcast. I mean, as opposed to any yeah. part of India. I mean, they are... Uh, BBC and Sky, they really, really do a great job. They put some great people behind the mic. and Yeah, yeah that's true. Okay, before we wrap up, uh, it's been an interesting conversation so far. I'm going to take one quick prediction. United versus Chelsea. What do you guys think? It has a draw return all over it. Uh, Chelsea are not making a lot of chances right now. They are controlling games possession-wise. They're also... Uh, they have also done a good job not conceding a lot of goals. Uh, I think United have a problem with finishing right now. They don't have a, a dependable target man. So I, I would, uh, I'll guess it'll finish a one-one draw. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if Chelsea has played any of the stronger teams in recent times. They, so be... they, they did play Spurs. Okay. Uh, they drew against Spurs. Uh, okay. Last-minute goal uh, by Spurs. And whatever they have won recently is not in one of those big four or five. They they did phase AC Milan in two matches in the Champions League, and they won both pretty convincingly. But I'm not sure how you can compare AC Milan with the other big six. But those two matches they were very convincing. I think uh, I think uh, even Everton can beat AC Milan the current team. AC, yeah. uh, no, no, AC Milan is the, it's, it's, they're the Italian champion. I don't think Everton are winning against AC Milan. That's are the there some, 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 somebody who is really playing good? Anybody stands out in AC Milan right now? Uh, somehow... Rafael Liao, Rafael Liao, the forward, he looks really nice. Okay. I, and uh, I think he, he, next season, there'll be a scramble for him. All the top, top clubs would look to sign him. He, he has been the standout player. Yeah. But to reinforce your point, Rudra, yeah, I see whenever there's a Champions League point, uh, one of these English teams plays some unknown team and they convincingly win it. So, yeah. it at this point, it looks a bit biased towards totally in the Premier League side. And yeah, uh, let's see what's the result. This is one of the, one of the first tough matches they will face. So, I, I would not be surprised if it is draw or one goal difference. But I don't see... One team just carrying away the game. I'm going. I'm going for a two-one victory for United. Of course, you are. <laughs> Talk, yeah, but... that will also that will also fit in my condition. Two-one is one difference. <laughs> what happened? I I just remembered the name. Uh, it was uh, again Karim Benzema. Speaking of it, because he plays for France, he's French. Uh, one big news is Frank Ribery retires at yeah, age of yeah, 39. Yeah, He's hard, legendary yeah. and known also known for his car in the yeah. uh, face. And um, that's also in the ES Sports version of it, right? So it's very hard right. to uh, miss it. And yeah, he played uh, along with uh, 
Robin, Aryan Robin in Brian Munich for a long, long time. Interestingly, they were called Robbery together. Yeah, yeah I think, Robbery, yeah. I think when he left uh, the club in 2019, uh, Robin also retired. So that's kind of a standout news from last week. Yeah, one of the great players of the game. And yeah. my favorite team's uh, favorite player got sacked as a coach <laughs> from Aston Villa. Steven Gerrard. Oh, yeah. Steven <laughs> so that's also making some round of news. Yeah, they were not doing well. They were almost in the relegation league. Well. Correct. Yeah. That, was, well, that one was coming for a while. Yeah. Aston Villa has not been playing well. Okay, this has been a good discussion, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Uh, also, um, quick preview for next week. We are going to do a World Cup special episode. Predictions, uh, you know, special episode for the entire World Cup, you know, group stage to the finals. So, Neil, I hope uh, you would make time for that. Romit, I hope you will be there for that episode as well. And we'll have Opera theme and maybe a few new guests as well. So, I'm looking forward to that. Just a clarification, are you talking about cricket or football? <laughs> football, I hope. This is, a, this is primarily a football podcast. Because it's so. a football podcast, it's yeah. obvious. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yeah, next week, keep listening and thank you for joining on this episode. Have a good week. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thank you.